Chef Josh. You're listening to The Family Cast. Food and music is life. Yes, that's right. This is The Family Cast. I'm Chef Josh. I am back with another episode. Today's guest is Jared Scott Martin. He's a professional photographer. He is my friend from California who now lives in Tennessee. You'll hear all about that move. He shoots mainly... I mean, what he's best known for, I should say, is his band photos, his tour photos, his stage presence photos, his live action shots of musicians doing their thing. That's his uh, that's his gig. And he does lots of rad other cool stuff with his camera, with his talent and his ideas. And he's a good guy, fun, fun person, lots of cool stories about uh, musicians and other friends that you may know. We may, you may know some of the same people we do. Um, so we're going to get into the episode. I'm not going to play any music before the conversation today. But uh, I don't know if you heard the last episode that I just released, but I, I announced that I am doing a little, uh, little fun thing with Grumpy Chef, this knife company called Grumpy Chef, and I'm doing a partnership with them, and I'm going to be helping them. Uh, they're going to be talking. We're going to be helping each other, I should say, with uh, with knives, getting knives out to you, my friends, my listeners. I'll be posting some pics of everything, but for now, you can check out Grumpy Chef Shop. Dot com, and you can use the code FAMCAST at checkout, F-A-M-C-A-S-T, to get 15% off your purchases. There's knives on there, there's apparel, there's different things, and we're going to be doing some collaborative stuff together. I'll even be putting out a custom uh, custom knife land that you can check out too. So check out Grumpy Chef, and I will uh, put the links in the show notes for that. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sticking around. Thank you for being loyal loyal friends of this podcast you can find us everywhere online it's available on all the platforms uh wherever you're listening if you're allowed if it's available to you please go ahead and leave a rating leave a five-star review leave a leave a note leave some um leave some love i should say it's free if you want to do something free for the show just leave a review share the show with a friend those are two free things that you can do for me to help it out okay and if you want to do something beyond free, if you want to leave a little money, there's patreon.com forward slash family cast. That's always, um, that's always a, maybe a fun thing to add, add bonus stuff to you might find. And I'm going to add some more stuff to that for you. Also, there's buy me coffee. I got links in the bio on my Instagram page. That's instagram.com forward slash the family cast. And there's all kinds of links in there. So you can, you can, uh, contact me very in various ways. Talk to chef Josh in various ways. If you want to see me doing cooking stuff or events or anything like that on the food truck, I'm at Harvest Kitchen. That's where I'm the executive chef. That's where I make people's dreams come true one beautiful organic plate at a time. So check out Harvest underscore Kitchen on Instagram. That's where there's some pictures of different events. And I, I'm, in, I'm in a lot of the stories because I do lots of fun and wacky things in the kitchen, in and out of the kitchen. So you'll be seeing more stuff with the knives in the kitchen that I was talking about earlier. What else should I tell you before we start? I wanted to say thank you. I wanted to say check out the show notes as always because there's always links to different things like uh, maybe I'll give you discount codes for buying records if you're a vinyl collector. And there's always discount codes for Essex Coffee Roasters and Liquid Death. And uh, now Grumpy Chef is one of the discount code family members, right? <laughs> that's available to all of you, my listeners. So thanks so much for supporting me. And that's a way I can help you out with some discounts from different things. And every once in a while, I'll put in other discount codes too for different uh, f- friends that, that want to throw stuff your way. You know, maybe it'll be maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a beer company, maybe a wine company like Inker Valley that I was just talking about from my Carrera. Maybe it'll be some hot sauce coming up soon. Maybe it'll be who knows. 
And I, I am also a guest on a lot of other podcasts. I, I speak on a lot of other different kinds of podcasts, mainly music and food stuff, sometimes parenting, sometimes mental health stuff, because uh, I speak on ADHD and different mental health awareness kind of things. So look for somewhere, look for my uh, shows. It's not just the family cast, it's like I'm speaking on other people's shows. So um, those are out there too, if you do a search for me. I did want to throw out there again that there are two Josh Kembles. One is a comic book artist and another uh, graphic artist guy. Um, he's a really cool dude, he's up in Oregon. Um, that is not me. I am here in San Diego, California. And uh, the other Josh Kimball is uh, not doing the family cast. Maybe I should talk to him on the show sometime. Josh, if you're listening, let's talk. <laughs> um, I think you've heard enough of me so far. It's been four minutes and 45 seconds. So I'm going to get into the conversation with Mr. Jared Scott Martin. Okay, anyways, we'll talk to you after this conversation because i got a couple more things to let you know about. Okay, let's dig in. Let's go! Oh yeah, I did hear about this because of that. Uh-huh. Uh, so you, now, now everything's on file, and you can't escape any of your words. So my first question to you, then, just well, because <laughs> now we're on file and everything, and on the record, is are you are you a cop? Because um, you have to tell me if you are. As, is that true? But I'm, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it should be. But then at the same I know, time, that's like, like the most loophole-ish loophole ever. You know. So you can walk up to somebody and just ask them, okay, you're not. If they're so I asking guess I can you, do yeah, whatever yeah, I want. If they, yeah, exactly. Or if they're asking you questions and you're like, are you a cop? You have to tell me. Like, the, I, know. I feel like every uh, every gangster movie that we've ever seen could be undone <laughs> with that simple thing. Like if any guy ever asks you a question you don't like, that you just turn to him and you're like, are you a cop? And he has to tell you. If there's any police officers or, uh, you know, officers of the law, peace officers, if you will, uh, listening, please divulge this secret information because I would love to get out of some things. They, yeah, and we don't, want, pull you over for we don't want to Google it. <laughs> you, get, you get pulled over for speeding. Are you a cop? Yes. Uh, well, see you later. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> How does that work? Uh, ladies and gentlemen and everyone Hi. else, um, this is, I'm talking to Jared. Jared Scott oh. Martin to be precise, right? Um, that is. But you know, in the professional terms, he's Jared Scott. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, professional professional in quotes photographer just kidding <laughs> no very well, much accurate very accurate, accurate very accurate he's a photographer i've known him for a long time and where are you where are you this day and age i know you moved out of your locale to a new locale yeah we left southern california just about five years ago and mm. we uh relocated to chattanooga tennessee and that's where i am right now yeah okay looks like a nice day out there um yeah it's a good it's a good wintry day chattanooga is your is your family from there or how did you end up in chattanooga um we saw the writing on the wall Mm. in california we knew that we were not going to be able to survive or thrive the way that we were trying to live and so my wife and i were talking about alternatives and moving out of state and a long time ago when we first got married we had originally discussed possibly moving to nashville back in like 2012 just because we had like a a handful of friends there and so it just seemed 
like a, a place to go. And so when we were talking about this again, back in 2016, my parents, uh, they, they inquired, they were like, if you guys leave, like your sister's already out of state, like we have no reason to stick around. So yeah. why not all move together? And we, we were living with them at the time. And then, uh, and then we had two young kids and we just were outgrowing that space and mm. knew that we weren't going to collectively even be able to afford a, a larger space in yeah. California. And so, um, so we were all just looking for things that we all wanted mm -hmm. out of a move and relocating, obviously something affordable, something that kind of could feel like what we were used to in, in the part of California we lived in, yeah. um, and on and on. Then we just started asking friends and, um, and so like even some of those friends like Ethan in Nashville, we hit up and he was I like, Ethan. don't move here. Yeah. I even, he I was Ethan. like, don't, don't move here. He's like, it is just, it's not the same. And to Nashville. Um, yeah. Oh. Just, you know, too expensive and overcrowded and a lot of the people <laughs> who had moved there. And then, um, and then uh, even a few years ago, like he, he was warning us about it being the, bachelorette destination in america and yeah stuff. he was and, seeing that on the show <laughs> um uh, and and then like we have a, a you know another friend uh chad pearson is down in atlanta mm -hmm. and so i was talking with him hi chad he was yeah hi chad <laughs> and he was also like he's like don't move here he's like it's just it's stupid expensive right now and it's just kind of changing and and um we were interested in finding something a little removed and we were interested in finding again, something affordable, but not so far removed from everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, somehow I just remembered the name Chattanooga and I knew that it was sort of halfway between Nashville and Atlanta, but that was kind of all that we knew. No family here, no friends here, but we just started asking people questions. And like when I asked Ethan, what do you know about Chattanooga? Like he said, uh, buy a kayak if you move there. He's like, it's amazing. <laughs> and everybody that we talked to then just raved about this place. They said, you know, mm. they vacation here. They love pit stopping here. They grew up coming here. They love spending time here. And it just, it continued to sound better and better. And so yeah. we just started investigating more and more yeah. uh, from California. Mm -hmm. And then my dad came out to check it out and he's like i i think we would really like it i think this would be the right move and so yeah he moved he moved ahead of us to look for a job to look for a house we thought it was going to be a long process and uh, my parents house in california sold within like two weeks and so oh, we yeah. were like oh okay we're moving to chattanooga you, you chattanooga yeah we did and so <laughs> That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a so ladies and gentlemen that's the longest uh, commercial for chattanooga i've ever heard yes <laughs> we'll 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 package this with some bumpers and we'll pass it off to the chattanooga uh visitors bureau yes if there is one uh this is it right here um ladies and gentlemen jared jared scott martin president of chattanooga <laughs> um for those of you that don't know that's tennessee it's on the yep. eastern edge bordering four states at least right the city it's really close. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've been there. We played there a couple of times. It was pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I had never been here until the day mm -hmm. I drove the moving truck in. 
Oh, and, okay. Um, and I, I'm in love. Like I still, yeah. I'm just so happy about it. Like a few months into our move, uh, I was back in California doing some work and, and some of my best friends, we got together for, for dinner and, um, they were like kind of hoping that we were bummed out on moving. They were like, you hate it, right? <laughs> like you're going to come back. And I was like, dude, it's actually pretty, pretty epic. And, yeah. and we got, we got really lucky. We met some people right away. And then just like through a random series of happenstances, like mm-hmm. that snowballed. And within months we like, were just connected in town and nice. community. And, and that was something that like I heard on, um, on a local Chattanooga podcast early on was like, there's something different here where like, you can reach out to almost anyone at any level and ask them like, if they get together for like coffee or a beer and almost everyone says yes and, <laughs> and, and we'll do it. So like yeah. the ability to like connect with someone and like find things out or ask questions mm-hmm. or get to know people like, exists here where like i never felt that in california like i was always terrified people to do stuff i've heard that and you were um you were in like san luis obispo area right yeah that's where i spent a majority of my life that's where we landed i I grew up outside chicago and then we moved to california oh gotcha moved around a little bit but landed and slow finally and so that's where i was back when i found music and Mm -hmm. when we met you and, you and I, I yeah yeah i mean it was just in passing i was a kid at a dogwood show <laughs> well i mean hey um, but right hey, but but then it kept, it continued we continued meeting after that yes so. then we kept bumping into each other and we both uh you you'd be like I've, i know you right and i'd be like well not really but like <laughs> but then from then on yes like you know so. i'm surprised that you hadn't been to chattanooga with like touring with mxpx or uh any you know doing other band stuff or anything like that so yeah the funny thing for me and my musical career is like i i mean i did one tour with mxpx because oh, oh you've only been on tour with them to technically yeah, once once we they did a tour in 2008 and when that tour ended i don't think they ever toured again like ah uh, okay that was that was their last like you blew full it. tour you blew it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was right after that tour that like times i mean and now that, that was at the end of uh 2008 mm-hmm. and then obviously like 2008 9 10 like those years were really hard obviously the economy and record sure. labels and everything but um but so right at the end of that tour that was when um tom and yuri went and got like full-time jobs and life changed for them and so i mean i kept doing shows with them over the last 15 years but Mm -hmm. i I did like one proper tour with them and then i did two other tours right after that and then uh with two other bands and then i i would do like a couple days with the band or i'd do a couple days on the warp tour like i never did a full warp tour thank god (laughs) um I don't, I just don't think I could have handled it. Like I, you know, the, the, the horror stories of middle America, like heat and boredom. Yeah, it's true. Um, they are all true. And, yeah. And well, then, so were, uh, were you shoot, were you touring with one band for the Warped Tour or were you touring for Warped Tour? Uh, I was touring for an organization one time I was doing some stuff for, uh, I was kind of half doing content for to write love on our arms and half for mm-hmm. invisible children, okay. um, two nonprofits. And then two, another two one, year, yeah. 
Um, another year I jumped on for a couple of days with uh, a band that I've been doing stuff for a few years called the rocket summer. Oh yeah. And so, awesome. um, and that was more just like, just hanging out and like, Oh, snapping some photos, like, you know, for like a week, like the warp tour all summer long, all these different States, but then a full week would just be like California dates because sure, California yeah. is so big and had so many yeah. places from the stop. So being in California, I'd like meet up in one place and hop on and, mm-hmm. and then like ride up to the end in like Portland and then right. fly home. Makes sense. So, yeah. Did you always so do, yeah, it, I just, do it yeah, professionally? I just do, uh, do that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, photography. Yeah. I was always doing it that way, but it was always DIY. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was always, for me, it was always relational. So like I'd meet somebody and we'd kind of hit it off and then mm-hmm. I'd make the ask at some point of like, you know, do you want to do work together or do you need photos? And back then, um, bands didn't really have photographers on tour with them like mm. there was that lull like i know i know that wasn't new back then but it just yeah. wasn't super common mm-hmm. um i i got in and sort of started cutting my teeth because i found a way through like myspace to do stuff oh yeah <laughs> like being yeah I'd, I'd hit up a band and i'd say like hey you guys are playing and you know in a week or whatever um if you'll give me a photo pass i'll i'll, I'll give you some photos to post on myspace and then if you want to do anything else with them we can talk ah, and nice. i got lucky i got a few bands that said yes and there they you liked go. what i gave them and then that turned into like little bits of relationships and those grew and that's smart so you were looking for bands coming into your area yeah 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 i mean i was i was always doing that so that was smart but then the the less smart thing was whenever i went to work with said band i wouldn't want to network i wouldn't want to shoot any other band because i i was like i'm here for these guys like i'm here to talk to them and to do work with them and even if i'd go on like a little bit of a tour like i would just spend my time with the band that i was with Mm -hmm. um you know because i was like i'm trying to build a relationship here but also like they're the ones paying me money and i'm i just felt like weird spending my time elsewhere and so i would do that with all these bands um which was always rad i don't Mm -hmm. regret it but like a lot of those bands had smaller bands with them on tour that have continued on and gotten really big or really successful where some of those bands that i did stuff with just kind of like plateaued or retired or things like that and i'm like oh all right well i i I should have found like the middle ground between all that you know Um, you did you ended up finding that right a little bit but i i mean i i think i was a little too early on what i would have preferred doing in music which was like touring like i i just wanted to document i wanted to shoot Mm -hmm. the the concert side of things and i wanted to shoot um life on the road that was again my pitch back then like to some of those bands like why i went on that first tour with mx like we had been doing a few shows together but like i i pitched them uh something like you know let me let me jump on this tour for like three or four weeks and I'll charge you like a thousand dollars. Like, like that was it because I just really wanted to go. But I, I, at the time was telling them, I was like, I think having photos and 
doing blog posts like on your website will help you guys mm-hmm. like go deeper with your fan base, like showing is, them yeah. a side that didn't exist. And then a few years later with Instagram coming along and slowly the music industry kind of catching on to that, like mm-hmm. by the time every single band had a photographer on the road with them, like I was married and had like a kid on the way and I just, I didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> like, oh, okay. so, so I, I feel like I've missed that window. I was just a little too early. Like I, I would have loved that life for, for yeah. years, like traveling and, and being someone's, you know, photographer. And mm-hmm. I have some friends that, that are doing that for some of the biggest like names right now in the business. And they nice. they love it. Uh, and I think I would enjoy that as well and love it mm-hmm. as well. But now I'm just like, I'm turning 40 this year. I've got three kids. Like, yeah. I just don't see that as my life right now, like starting that. And because that wasn't my life, like that would just be such a hard shift. So mm-hmm. so for those of you that don't know by now, Jared's a photographer. <laughs> mainly, <laughs> Would you say you mainly do it in the music industry, uh, at least up until a certain point in time right now? But um, yeah, why don't you describe uh, what you do in photography now? Yeah, I would say that's what I'm known for mm-hmm. uh is music he, he just stuff. did air quotes <laughs> yeah air quotes um uh but i again getting in in 2008 like um by 2010 like i feel like i had to diversify and shoot anything in order to do photo full-time mm-hmm. um because again like my my focus wasn't like big magazine shoots or like album shoots like i'm not a i'm not a concept guy i don't i don't like working with lights i don't like building sets i don't like thinking through like oh well what if we dress you guys like this and shoot you in this like that was just never my thing but that's where like more of the legit money is (laughs) i just wanted i I just wanted to shoot shows and hang out with my friends Mm -hmm. document and and so uh early on like i said a couple years in like i had kind of plateaued and wasn't making anything and and sometimes when i did book a shoot with a band like oh they're on warner brother records now okay like that's cool they're not on some like you know new startup indie label they'll have a budget and they're you know they're going to be pushing this band and then i get an email from warner brothers saying like oh we can pay you 150 dollars for that shoot and i'm just like what like there's no oh my god so then i had to get a part-time job so i could stay living i I had moved to orange county and i was like running out of money and Mm -hmm. so i got a part-time job and um and then i just had to really lean into like trying to do weddings and trying to do more like commercial work and so i slowly like pushed more in that direction just because that was like a way to survive and and then like doing music stuff was just like passion like it was just fun and so for years like i've continued to shoot things and to document but almost almost none of it outside of uh the last number of years working with mxpx has been paid work or if it is paid work it's like me getting paid on old work like Mm, somebody that that i used to know would hit me up and be like hey I work for Guitar Center and we're reopening the Hollywood location and we're looking for these kind of photos. And I think you have these kind of photos. Could we yeah. purchase them, you know, to go on these 
billboards that are going to be driving around town. And I'm like, hell yeah, you know, but it would be like work from like four years before that or whatever. The gift um, that keeps on giving. Yeah. And I think that was something that I noticed was like, um, that was like a way to stay connected, but, and, and, you know, like, again, a lot of these bands now they have photographers and I'm not mm. trying to step on anybody's toes, but yeah. I still love going out and shooting a show and seeing my friends and like doing stuff for myself or for them more mm. just like to have, yeah. but it doesn't hurt to be able to like sit on a stockpile and every once in a while sure. to, you know, I'll get hit up by like alternative press, which I don't, I don't do stuff for regularly anymore. But every once in a while, they'll reach out and they'll say like, hey, we're doing this. Do you have anything of these bands? Yes, I do. And most <laughs> of it's un- unseen. So, you know, it's cool to be able to like yeah, it's really cool. continue that. And then every once in a while nowadays, I'll like, uh, I'll dig through some and make some prints and try to sell those. Like right. just yeah. just for like some like side money. Oh, it's um, smart. It's smart. Like an artist and, selling G Clay prints. Yeah. You know, I, I like doing it. Um, and uh, I feel like that's that's the cool thing about being mm-hmm. able to have those opportunities all those years is like I got to be at that show or I got to shoot that event that like stands out, you know, like mm-hmm. um, one time the magazine, uh, you know, they were like, hey, can we have you go shoot this party in Hollywood? It's like a, it's like a phone kickoff party, but mm-hmm. a couple of bands are going to be playing like Weezer and and stuff. And I was like, sure. And then and then after I said yes, they were like, okay, you can't tell anybody, but at the end of the event, Blink-182 is going to play their first like live performance since breaking up. I, I don't know how long yeah. they had broken up for, like yeah. five years. And I was like, oh, rad, you know? And so I went, nice. I got to shoot their first three songs back but then that led to their merch company hitting me up uh, a few months later saying hey we're doing this tour we want to do like a punk rock flyer t-shirt for every show uh, on this run like nice. for like 50 something shows oh wow and so we need new photos and that was the only show like they had a few photographers they could reach out to but there were like three or four of us who shot three songs like they played for like 10 minutes you know yeah yeah um but it got me paid like real paid and then they hit me up uh later that summer and we're like we still don't have enough could you come shoot our last day of tour rehearsal and between what you did at that show and coming and spending the day here, you should, we, we should have enough. And so, you know, sometimes it's like those weird opportunities where you go do yeah. something for fun or you go do something um, for like a, a little project, but that's, that was my experience for years is hey, that's what know, opens the door. Like to all other the small things, you know, it's all the small things, right. They, they add up. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was too easy. Uh, <laughs> I know that was, that was real good though. No, but so so um, you're sitting in a record store right now. Why? Yeah, so a couple of years ago, uh, I was trying to stop freelancing in the traditional sense of like mm-hmm. just either. Well, I feel like freelance nowadays is people just waiting around for someone to hit them up. Yeah, it's different and, now, <laughs> and or you know things to fall into their lap, yeah. right? 
Um, and I was just kind of like, I got to do something different. And so a friend of mine that I was uh, like palling around with and shooting some things with him and I were talking, we were like, mm-hmm. what if we approached some small businesses and we tried to like help them sort of in the same way that like people are constantly creating yeah. content for bands. Yeah. We were like, what if we do that? on like small retainers every month for small businesses. So we started a small agency called yeah. volume collective and that was going to be our focus. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, sorry, that has been our focus. Um, and, uh, and so about a year and a half ago, a guy that we knew here in town loosely, both of us just knew him in passing, um, was opening a record store. And okay. so we met, I met up with him to, to inquire because that had been in a conversation that he and I had had. So I was like, you know, are you still looking for a space? Because like, we want to find a space and we know a tattoo artist that is looking to leave the shop he's at to try to do um, sort of just like solo studio again. So like, we're all kind of looking for a place. So if you're interested, maybe we all hunt together. And he was like, oh, I already found a space. Like I'm already signed a lease and here's my plan. Like I'm going to open a record store and it's going to have a coffee shop in it and a small stage. So we can have small shows, but so that eventually like we could also do in stores for artists and bands passing through or playing here in town. Amazing. And, and we were like, uh, that's cool. Can we, can we come be there? And, um, and, and so we all started to talk and, and uh, then the pandemic hit and he was still in the process of like getting the shop set up and open when he could. Mm-hmm. And the tattoo artist kind of, uh, his name's Danny. He paused for a minute because of the ta- or because of like businesses having to close here. Mm-hmm. And like, so his tattoo shop had to close for months. And, um, and while Ben uh, who owns Yellow Racket Records uh, was setting up the shop. He was like, "If you guys want to come work out of this space, like you guys can start, you know, today." I love and, that. And so, um, so because it wasn't open, it was just like a safe place to go mm-hmm. outside of the house, you know, and not just be at home. And then slowly, as businesses open back up and things like that, um, we were able to kind of make this our unofficial headquarters because we didn't really need a space yeah. like everything we were doing was typically out and about um but we needed a place to be able to like sit and edit or discuss things have like our own meetings yeah um and you want to call um, it, you want to call it your space my space yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> i just i felt bad going to a coffee shop and like getting a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. being there all day so you hear that everybody don't do that yeah. don't don't sit at a coffee shop all day and drink one cup of yeah. tea or something yeah or or <laughs> hold meetings at hold, a coffee shop where yeah. you're on your Where's headphones your and you're talking yeah. all loud and every other customer <laughs> has to listen to your yeah Oh, like some, some, some people at coffee shops love, love doing their conversations loud at coffee shops yeah. so that you know what yeah. they're doing. So that yeah, you know, they're that. not just freelancing, you know, that they're not yeah. there. They're and that they have their iMac set up on their uh-huh. tiny table and stuff. You're just like, exactly. come on, dude. Take it um, Do you have a plug? Do you have a charger? Yeah. So this, <laughs> so this was like a good, like it, it hit all these things. Yeah. You know? that's, and, that's, that's been a dream of mine for a long, like forever to have something like that, where it's a multi-use umbrella kind of like obviously you're doing three of the things that I love, you know, in one spot, at least there yeah, might be, maybe, right. there might even be more. And was part of it a nonprofit org at one time? Was that? 
No, uh, that's not here. Um, oh, okay. But there is one that I was like working with yeah. when I first moved here. Yeah. And again, I think like in my head, that would be a dream someday is like that nonprofit Dynamo Studios is using the music industry to educate youth. Right. And they have a recording studio and a photo studio and these different things to so use cool. these yeah. tools to teach mm -hmm. kids 21st century skills. And to me, I'm like, man, how cool would it be to have a bigger space where part of the building is recording studio uh -huh. and educational space. Yeah. And then on the other end, you have like music venue. Mm -hmm. And in the middle, you have record store and restaurant and coffee and Keep tattoo. Going. Keep like, going. Right. Yeah. All the things that like. All the things. And did you, I mean, I, I would have to imagine your answer to this is going to be yes. But did you guys ever play Rocket Town back in the day? We did. We did once. In Nashville. We did yeah. once. Um, uh, I don't. I think it was, I think there was only one stage and we, we played the room and that was a really cool, I think that was my first inspiration to do something like that. Cause they had everything, yeah, me, right. but then I realized like, oh, it's owned by a multimillionaire, you know, like yeah. that's how you, that's how you do it. You got, he has right. all the money to do it, you know, cause right. um, I didn't know much about it. I just, I found out later who, who owned, you know, it was like a, I think Emmy Grant or Michael W. Smith or something. Uh, yeah, I think one it was. Or, some, or uh, maybe both of them. MWS. <laughs> but, oh, get old MWS. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, so that was rad because uh, I think right. they also had a skate shop. Skate. Yeah, they had like a skate park and things. Like, skate park, I, yeah. My first time there was um, back in 2008. I, as I was breaking into the music industry, it was just trying to do all my own, like mm -hmm. anything I could. And... I had connected with alternative press through a friend and all of a sudden, like, you know, was getting like little assignments, right? Little, like, and I, I think I'd had one and I had seen this other photographer um, and his story in an issue where it was like, you know, five days on the road with Ryan Russell. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, that's rad. <clears throat> and like I said, I was always trying to figure things out, and put together, whatever I could or trying to like make moves and MX was playing on the East coast. And I was like, man, if I can get to Nashville for this, then I can jump to the East coast for that. Smart. And so I decided to email the guy that I thought was in charge of just like online, like, um, like publishing for, uh, alternative press, because uh -huh. that's what I, that's what I had initially gotten in touch about i guess so i i contacted him we got on a and, and i emailed him and was like hey i, I want to do this trip maybe you guys would like to run with it and he's like give me a call so i got on the phone with him and we talked about it and he's he like was hello like, this is michael w smith well he was like i'll give you a page <laughs> i'll give you a page in the magazine and i was like oh my gosh that's amazing mm -hmm. and then i got off the call and i did this all out of order because i'm super super professional sure and i was like i wonder who this person is at the magazine and I'll open up table of contents and there's the president at the top. And then number two is the publisher, Norman Wonderly. And I was like, wait, that's who I was talking to? Like, <laughs> oh my God. So long story short, we started talking about this like trip I could put together. Mm -hmm. And he's like, anything you want to do, like, let me know and I'll see if I can make it happen. And so then I was going to be in Nashville for a few days and while I was there, I saw that Thrice and Circus Survive were going to be playing this venue called Rocket Town. And so I asked him like if he could do anything. And he wrote me immediately. He's like, done, easy. 
And I was like, cool. So I showed up at that venue and I was like, what is this place? Mm -hmm. Like it's a skate park and there's like couches. And it's like, I mean, I grew up going to youth group. So it just seemed like youth group on like the best drugs. Like it just seemed like, like, like it was injected with all the things that I wish I could have had as a youth. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and again, like here are two bands that were not Christian bands playing at this place too. So it wasn't that they were like, Oh, we only do church shows. Like it was just like, no, nope, we're just a regular venue. Yeah. It just happened I, to a, you know, yeah. hold a belief. That was another thing I thought was cool about it because they weren't uh they weren't I guess it was just, it was yeah, they opened it as a venue. Kind of like yeah. Do you remember Alpine in Ventura? That Mikey no. Bridges running. It was kind of the same. It was kind of the same okay. thing. But they also yeah. had they had all that. It was a huge skate park used to, uh, and but they also had like laundromat. It was basically a, almost like a youth services program. Um, yeah. But they had all the concerts in Ventura were were there. Um, so it was it was just like the same idea, and I totally love that uh, multi concept uh, building, basically space. Right. Well, and, to- and trying to be smart about it too. Like like, <laughs> I mean, most people have cool ideas and it's how do you bring it to life but mm-hmm. i mean like i was just saying like i think about that a lot where i'm like man opening a venue that is next to the record store and a tattoo studio mm-hmm. and like a barber shop and coffee and food that makes sense for those places like yeah. when you're going i mean you've been tattooed like right i have not do you have to- no i don't have i have zero Okay. Well, then maybe you don't. Maybe you've hung like, out with your friends on I, tour. I have never seen a tattoo. I've never seen one. But <laughs> like when you go, like yeah. sometimes, you know, the artist is late or they want to take a smoke break or you're just there hanging out. And it's like, what would be great? Walking next door and getting some tacos real fast or walking yes. this yes. side next door and grabbing a slice. Yeah. Like, and so having these, yeah. yeah, like having these things that are like easy grab and go, but also like mm-hmm. you can make that your destination because it's mm-hmm. good. Like, yeah. And then, and then you're waiting in line for the show, right? All like in you're one. waiting. Yeah. yeah. You're waiting in line for two hours, you know, like mm-hmm. kids used to do. Uh, <laughs> so now, now you're waiting in line and you're like, oh, I'm hungry before the show. I'll just grab a slice, you know? Exactly. Or yeah, I'm going to pop in the record store and I'm going to buy a record and oh rad they're gonna hang on to it for me until like after or mm-hmm. tomorrow yep. you know and i'm just like that'd just be so cool to bring all these things into one place instead of having them scattered about town right mm-hmm. and you just have to piecemeal everything out so that's, that's um, it's smart it's just and also you're building an experience if it's a if it's a concert venue and there's all this other stuff or no one's yeah. ever gonna forget that space. like we we're just talking well, like, about oh do you remember this space do you remember this we're right. just talking about right now um, the glass house uh mm-hmm. in pomona opened a record store and yeah. i remember so did how much yeah and i i remember how much i enjoyed having that as an option because i'd show up to a show and you know you get there early and then you're like this first band sucks and i don't want to watch this for 30 more minutes but what do you have to do yeah no shade oh, i'll just, just go right yeah yeah, I didn't name names. Come on. No, but I mean, uh, yeah, there, there's always people there to see each bit. You know, there's people. Well, right, right. And, each band, and, so yeah, exactly. And you're there I, for the honestly, other Honestly, right. And I've seen opening bands that have gone on to be my all-time favorite bands. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Na- name, so, one. Yeah, name one. Name uh, one. Useless ID. Yeah. Okay. They're so good. They're Dude. so good. So <laughs> they're they just under, they, uh, they're lesser known. I feel like in the to some for some reason. Most people have no idea who they they're are so because good. they're based out of Israel. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Um, but they they're fantastic. And I mean, like, 
I saw them open for the Ataris in. Yeah. Um, Shout out your Um Yes, uh, in in Goleta, California, at right. the Living Room. I don't know oh, if yeah. you guys Love ever played place. the yeah. Living Room. Love that. But place. again, it was like that. That venue is garbage. Like yeah. it was just the. It was like a <laughs> business at the end of like one of those strip mall type things. There was no venue ness to it. Like it was just a room with a stage. But like. Space. I mean, I saw I saw them and the Ataris. I saw Strung mm-hmm. Out. I saw mm-hmm. the Bouncing Souls. Like mm-hmm. I, I saw Rise Against. Like all in that tiny room. But Usus ID was an opener, and I I there was something about them that hit and stuck. And it's like I still listen to them all. I mean, twenty something years later, I'm still buying their records. And well, they're still good, not, right? Still and good. like I don't I don't listen to the Ataris anymore. So like, yes, the Ataris were Hello. headliner that night. <laughs> But I'm just well. I'm, you yeah. Go back to what you're saying about. No, I know like, what you mean. Uh, an opener, like. But there are those times when you go to a show and you're just trapped. You're like, I'm For hungry. Sure. There's no food, or it's really shitty venue food. Um, and uh, the other side of it is like you're just bored. Like you're like I've already looked at merch like five times. Yeah. Like, well, la- I need lastly, something else to do. Lastly, on that, like I remember when Chain Reaction opened their place next door, the attic. Uh, it was very small. Yeah. And when Shane yeah. was when Shane was still smaller, um, but they would sell all they bought and sold all the merch from the bands that were playing too. So there was a, a yes, there was like a thrift yes. store and a record store. Plus, yes. you could get all the merch from concerts you couldn't go to. So if you missed right. the show, you could always go back to the, their merch store. And, or I mean, <laughs> sorry, the store, whatever they wanted to call it, and right. buy merch. So that was really smart. I always thought that was really cool, and I never got around to doing my own merch store but well I, more people <laughs> need to be doing some of these kind of things because well you end up getting like you have people running a venue that don't know anything about music right like mm-hmm. some in the past mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so then they're like uh yeah we'll just have like soda and candy and stuff and you're like dude like you have adults coming to this show off, and, yeah like and then they're like, oh, okay, we'll just do like, I don't know, like frozen pizzas and we'll like cut slices and like people just take it. And you're like, why? Like, why not offer a better experience? Like, Get it doesn't have to be gourmet, but it, <laughs> why, you could do that. Like, yeah. do do this stuff better. We 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 were in uh, Gatlinburg this weekend, which is like one of the most touristy places in the country. And yeah, it's like a um, war, war place, right? Civil war kind of place. Uh, no, it's it's like tucked in the Smoky Mountains, and so oh, okay. it's just like kitschy. It's like it's like uh, I've heard it's like Daytona Beach and like Niagara Falls and like all that kind of just like mm-hmm. hokey kitschy. Like, but all these restaurants there are either like big dumb chain ones or like they're they're just like I don't know. In big, my dumb opinion, chain. <laughs> like, yeah, or they're just like gross and not right. good. And so, like on our way out last night, we stopped late to get food with some friends, and I was just like, I was like, really? This is like the standard. Like this is looked like a really cool, you know, like big nice boots and like brick and whatever. And it was mm-hmm. a burger place, and I was just like, man, everything tasted awful, and the service was awful. Like, like took forever to just get waters. And I was, I, my wife comes from the service industry. She's worked a lot of like restaurant jobs her oh, whole yeah. life. And I was just like, is this all it takes? Like, that's it. What up, dude? <laughs> what up, dude? That's it. That's Abe. He works Abe. here at the record store. Sick. Um, but like, it's up to you now, all... Jared, to, you got to change this. Uh, you got to change that scene. <laughs> 
you gotta, you know, I'm not a restaurant person. I don't you, value. You, you probably know enough, somebody, but yeah, yeah. I mean, my wife definitely, or at least a good, maybe even a good coffee shop or a cart, coffee cart. Right, but all those different things. That's what I'm thinking of. Is like, like missed opportunity. Maybe, like, yeah, I, I I feel that often when I travel and the I problem go places, is I go to the problem with what you're saying is that only a, you know there's a, a lesser percentage of people that would appreciate the, the different stuff because majority of people like the crappy chains and because that's what they're used to in america like or other, i don't know yeah. maybe around the world they love yeah. they're looking for the applebee's or the this greasy burger or whatever like right uh, nothing wrong with that stuff but it is a chain but maybe a, a, a independent-minded person could open something like that say like this is our street burger or street tacos or whatever yeah you know, so it's authentic well and just yeah like training your staff like it just feels like most places don't get any of that they don't get trained they don't get yeah. like any of that proper and and i get it like it's a crap job that like a lot of people are not getting paid yeah. well for it can be like you you spent a few years in san francisco right right yeah um doing, doing that so you might you might remember that like i don't remember what it's called but there was a breakfast spot that we went to and like they had a sign and they had it on their menus that like you were not allowed to tip because they paid their staff like well and they um and like their staff like i don't know had like ownership in the business from mm -hmm. bus boy you know all the way up and yeah i was just like that's awesome like and that's yeah. gonna that's gonna make you work better that's gonna make you care about your job like you exactly. don't feel like this is just some like whatever it was, it was like a collective um yeah. uh, that might have been Arizmendi. there's a place of there that there's... sounds there's one in, that sounds, in yeah. yeah there's one on valencia street in the mission and there's one in like in uh like irving street but um they yeah it's a it's a company they own the company basically everybody owns the company yeah so, right and so it's just all, like they're different levels then, of ownership but they all they all literally have ownership right well and then you just don't get like in my mind and again just being for 15 years an observer like you don't get this like constant turnover like Oh yeah. Here in chat, here in chat, I feel like I've seen some of the same baristas work for several coffee shops. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I don't know if it's that you're a bad barista or that you're the not company. finding your it's place. Usually, it's, at, it's a, it's a mix of both. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, but I'm but I, I tend to feel like the baristas that I've seen, I'm like, you're you seem like a good barista. Like you might not have like people skills yet, or like like right. you might not do the things that I wish you would do as a business, but like right. <clears throat> why were you there for this long and now you're here and now you're here and i'm like oh it's to me i'm like i don't know if the culture is really great like or there yet you know for them and then there is like a coffee shop here in, in chat where i've known two or three people that landed jobs there and they've been there for years and i'm like okay this seems to be one that's like doing it really well you know is, is, a, is there a place there like chuck e cheese but it's called chad anugas there should be okay net put that on the list um, uh -huh. <laughs> chad anugas um or or gate gateland burger gateland burger <laughs> there you go come on but yeah i mean like have you shot I, food i mean uh a little bit i i did actually this last year a little bit more too i had a a, a client so in focusing on small businesses i started working with like a health food um mm. place here in town that they prepared healthy food and then it was like it was cooked almost all the way so that you could grab and go yeah, and yeah. like cook it. And so that was like my first like foray into shooting food. And I really don't, I don't prefer shooting anything that doesn't involve people. I just really like people. Um, 
You like the motion. You like the live action. Yeah, and that interaction. Like, would you could you come shoot me in the kitchen working? Yes, yes. I love. Yeah, I I love documenting. I love telling stories. I love seeing, especially when somebody's like in their zone. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care what it is they're doing. Like, I can see that passion. I can see that love. And so it's easy for me to like get excited about like somebody who's like taking care of people and changing bedpans. Like, I don't care. Like if they can get into it, like that's awesome and beautiful. The zone. Uh, And so, yes, like shooting people in the kitchen. Like I, I love, I love learning about things organically. Like I don't like to go online and research stuff when it comes to even like new music. Like I, I tend to not really like new music and not like, bands that i've missed until i've had the opportunity to like i guess discover them more organically like i got to go see their show Mm -hmm. and see what they're about okay now i'll dig into their catalog um and so i like not knowing a lot of like the restaurant world or you know the producing world or whatever until i get to go and like work with someone and get behind the scenes with them and they're showing me around and i get to see what they're doing and like when they're chopping stuff and i'm just like do that again like you chop that in how long you know or whatever and like get (laughs) because i also think like i heard um i heard uh henry rollins on a podcast talk about when one time when he was in the middle east and they were telling him like okay we're gonna drop you off at your hotel and then you don't leave until your like guide is with you tomorrow and so he's like okay and they dropped him off and he walked in waited a minute and walked out and started exploring that's and, rock. <laughs> yeah, and and then he well, but he said like he you know is on a street and he's looking around and these people are looking at him and then like he just would walk up to him and start asking a question and he's like and within minutes I'm up in their house having tea with them yeah and he's like and I think it was because of this like authentic curiosity mm. and people are drawn to that and I think that is something that I like to try yeah. to bring like. I guess maybe that's part of my process if I had to like think about it, but I'm usually too lazy to, to like d- define that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. But but I think that is part of it for me. Like I don't want to know a ton about stuff until I'm there with the person. And then it's like, okay, like this may be mundane to you, like silk screening, like t-shirts or whatever, but like it's fun to me. Like this is I t- teach me. Like I don't know anything about this. Yeah. And while you're teaching me, I get to document that. That's and so authenticity. Then I feel like, yeah, yeah, and I feel like it helps in that moment, like rejuvenate the person who's done it a million times. Like you've chopped veggies thousands of times for Couple food times, that you yeah. make. Yeah. And you you still may have joy, but I think that there's something different about you having joy and then me being there with you and watching you do it. And I get excited because I'm like, how did you do that? And you're like, this? You mean this? You do it again, you know, chicka, and you're chicka, like, chicka, chicka. you can just yeah. start playing. And I'm like, okay, now what are you going to do? And you're like, all right, well, I'm going to do this here. Tr- I mean, I was working with a coffee shop over the last few years and I am still new to coffee. Like I get vanilla drinks. I put creamer in my coffee. Like I can't oh, yeah. do it like oh, yeah. black, but this coffee shop and the owner, like, you know, he cares a lot about it and he would take the time to share with me every time that I was in there. Oh, Hey, take a sip of this. You know, this is a really fine this. And I'm like, ah, don't waste that on me. And he's like, no, no, try it. And so I'd sit (laughs) and I'd taste and I'd experience. And like, 
mm-hmm. I'd learn and I'd grow. Exactly. And I just think that mm-hmm. there's like this beauty that comes in those exchanges. Totally. The more wow. you teach, uh, what I've learned is the more you teach, the more you learn. So yeah, you stay, absolutely. I, my mantra kind of is like stay humble and never stop learning because if I'm a good teacher, then I'll be learning from the people I'm teaching too. Because the more I say yeah. something about here's how you build a knife or here's how you use a knife or here's how you make this food or whatever, it's like I learn more about it because it becomes more, uh, you know, that's how we pass down traditions and legends and all this kind of stuff is because we're talking about it and doing it so many times. It's not like, oh, I can just do it with my eyes closed. It's more like I'm, I want to teach this person so that, yeah, maybe they can take my spot or my whole point of doing the restaurant trainings was to teach people how to get jobs. So like, you know, yeah, the more, the more yeah. you do it. So, I mean, I don't know much about photography, but I'm sure there's photographers in, even in your, in the music industry that you look up to or have inspired you to do yeah. stuff or, you know, Rob Coons and yeah. the, the famous ones with all the, the, the iconic punk images and stuff like that. Um, you know, and then some of yours are, are, you know, you made me look good on stage, you know, um, that was easy. But you have an eye for yeah. the iconic imagery, you know, like. Yeah. And that, that came, stuff. I, I feel like that came from good, good advice from a friend early exactly. on. Like, yeah, exactly. I had a friend, I had a friend when I was asking him questions, he'd always give me kind of like Yoda responses. They were always really frustrating. In a Yoda you know, I'd voice. be like, no, I wish that would have made it better. <laughs> but I'd, I'd be like, Hey, what lens should I buy next? And he'd be like, what lens do you need? And I'd be like, oh, what do you that mean? Kind of stuff. And then and then he'd be like, Do you need a lens? And I'd be like, Well, I think so. And he's like, <laughs> Okay, what lens do you need? And I'd be like, No, I asked you that question. Oh, and he turned I'd, it around. And then I'd start thinking about it. I'd be like, Well, I'm having this problem at shows. Like, I can't, I can't get enough light, blah, blah, blah. And and so he'd be like, All right. So then you want to look at a like lens that does better in low light. <laughs> and I'm, that, I mean, it's like, it seems yeah. self-explanatory or obvious. And then, but I, and then they just disappear and you turn around and they're not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. But one day I, when we were, when I was like getting a little bit more serious about it, I forget the conversation and he wasn't the kind of person to like drop advice like, like that mm. often. Um, but when we were talking, he just one day said like, figure out what you want to go shoot and go be better than everyone else at it. And Ooh. And that, I mean, it was simple, but yeah. it gave me this like internal challenge when I'd get in the photo pit, like secretly without, I, I, I'd have this dialogue of like, oh, I'm going to do better than you and you and you and you, like I, I'm playing a game that you don't know you're playing. Like, mm-hmm. and that game is happening now. And then in the next few days, we get to see the results. Like mm-hmm. I get to look at the photos that you put out. And so I would do my homework that way. I'd see, oh man, this guy posted 40 photos from those three songs. Like that's a lot of photos and they're all the same. They're like incrementally different. Oh, the singer's face was a little higher on that one than on this. One. <laughs> I'd just look at all these things and I'd be like, man, these, these are boring or they're, they're lifeless or mm. He kept shooting the guy from the side and like now none of the backdrop, none of the lights, none of the colors. And so I would just like lean the other way and so I would try you, so to you learn from pull your enemies. You learn from your competition in a sense. In a sense. My secret enemies. Because yeah. it, it was really, I mean, I feel like I had a really nice like community, uh, sure. you know, from people that I was friend friend with or just like 
acquaintances with in the photo pit. Like everything was usually pretty rad. Um, and I would assume that it's, I would assume it's similar to the chef in or food truck industry or whoever, but like your competition, I mean, cause I'm, I'm not really making anything new or different per se it's but it's my stuff right. and it's right and i feel right. like so some of my stuff is better in a sense because it's still it's still mole yeah. or it's still a chicken taco yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's got my punk spin on it or exactly you bring it. you bring a different perspective you mm-hmm. bring all of your experiences and it took me a while to see that like because i i'll i'll say that to myself all the time i'm like man they're like 10 of my friends that are photographers can do this good at a show mm-hmm. but it's my experiences that brought me there and that's why i get to shoot that show and they're not shooting so i have to remember that part or yeah they could get that photo but like maybe they don't know the interpersonal stuff that builds trust that gets access that allows me to sit behind the amp on the drum riser (laughs) and not make that drummer feel uncomfortable so that i can get this moment like the, the technical aspect of it isn't like crazy yeah it's it's all the things that like led you there and exactly stuff. but but yeah so that was my thing was like all right i'm just gonna try to go out and do this better and, and so is that is that the nugget of wisdom that, that you're, you leave me with this is yeah. like kind of the last segment of the show i always say drop me some knowledge yeah. give me some nugget of oh wisdom. yeah but you've already been dropping a bunch of knowledge you know like <laughs> is there anything you've learned along the way you know or is anyone in your family teaching you stuff still or like what what is uh how are you why is do you have a mantra in the morning? Do you go out there and say I'm better oh, than man. these other guys? No. Like, how do you live? How do you live with yourself? Right. So I would say that bit of advice that I just shared definitely is what helps me creatively, like to just you know, set some some goals. When you for speak myself. to yourself, when you say those things to yourself, do you say it in a Yoda voice? No, it's more <laughs> of like a you could do it, man. Oh like, yeah. Come on, get pumped. Uh, no. <laughs> But I, I recognize that like when it comes to photography of any kind, like it's another version of playtime, just like people who play baseball and stuff. Like, you know, I I've heard over the years, like with professional athletes, when, when they're starting to get all upset or serious about things, people are like, dude, you play a game for a living. Like, and I get it. I get all the stuff that comes along with it, but like, try to remember that part of it, not lose that. And so I think for me, like, that's one of the things that when it comes to photography, I try to always remember is like, I get to play, like I get to make art. I get Mm -hmm. to, to like do something with somebody else Mm -hmm. and not everyone gets that privilege. And so I feel like I come to it all the time with that spirit of like, this is like, I'm fortunate to be able to, to get a chance to do this period. And the fact that sometimes I get to make money on it is a bonus, right? Like, sure, exactly. <laughs> so, that's how I feel about it too. Um, so that's a part of it. And then I, I feel like what has sustained me all this time is I feel like I really strove. Is that a word? Striven. Like, stri- stri- yeah, striv- strive. Strived. I strived to create value in everyone around me. Mm-hmm. and focus on everyone around me yeah. and make everything about everyone else not me yeah that 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 was my thing is like not hey look at the new photo that i did now hire me but being like i want this photo to be something that like they use mm-hmm. be it 
a business, a bride or a band, like I want them to be amped on it and be able to use it and to be able to like go to town. So, so I think like focusing on everybody else in your scene or community is what it's about to me. Like, I love that. Yeah. Like um, just focusing on that, put your head down, do the work, but like focus on creating like value and promoting people. Like I think sometimes people are afraid to promote their competition and i don't know i just i don't want to live that life like when my friends do rad photos for bands and stuff like i want to share that stuff yeah and i want to yeah. celebrate that and if that Same. means they keep getting work and i don't like i'm all right with that like who cares <laughs> yeah you'll it's, get it eventually it yeah but it's back. like it comes around yeah. but why be like i don't want to share that song because that's going to make my song not as cool it's like dude i i need more songs so oh, it's you a community. share all of them and stuff a community yeah. dog um where where can so, i find you where can people find you online what's the best way? um i i mean i'm on instagram instagram sometimes yeah sometimes jared <laughs> scott yeah um j-e-r-e-d mm-hmm. people spell my name wrong my favorite is when people spell my Jared. name wrong in in my email when they're writing back to me and i'm like it's right there man oh, yeah. it says it right here oh they, um, they put an a yeah always uh, i don't i mean i don't i don't mind people getting my name wrong it's just in the emails that i laugh at i'm like you, you had to search me or you like on instagram <laughs> if they write me and they spell my name in the in the direct message wrong i'm like it's right there yeah like it's right there <laughs> um uh and then uh for my uh agency i have a website called uh volumecollective.com okay. cool. so those are two places that i exist in the i don't know what you call it interverse interwebs um uh, marvel universe yes <laughs> I don't in the marvel universe that is yeah. where i jared guess. super jared scott or do you have but do you have a you sell your prints on your own website or do you sell yeah photos? yeah i mean i i don't have anything like a store set up i just tell people to message me i've oh. i've always just been like made to order. hit me up yeah well hit me up tell me what you're interested in and i'll pull some stuff so like if you hit me and you were like uh do you have any descendants i'd be like yeah okay let me f- find a few of my favorite shots of them and gotcha. then so i kind of build like a little like a uh, shopping cart option for people but there's nowhere to, there's nowhere to like see for. it all it's just like if they ask you they can go yeah. yeah i mean i through my own website jaredscottphoto.com i have galleries of work um and then anything that i've posted or bands have posted okay. um and like i said like if you if I've shot something, it's probably posted on there. Yeah. Okay. So, Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we did it. We did it, guys. We did it. I appreciate your time. Um, Absolutely, man. Let me know what you. Let me know if you're ever around this area, or if I'm in if I'm in Chattaboogie, I'll hit you up. Yes, please you know, come hang out here. To chat and, and, uh, chat yeah. cheese. <laughs> come out. We'll open one of those restaurants. You can get some people trained, and then you can peace. Kayaks. Then we'll can, call it kayaks. But then you could have, yeah, but you could have some steak in it, you know, here. Steak. So. Kayaks. It's a axe throwing place and you on kayaks and you there float you down the river and you go to Gatlin Burger. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, Jared with an E. I appreciate your time. Um, I can't good, wait to see what to see you're you. shooting next. Yeah, you look great. And, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Yeah. It was good to see you. Thanks for having me. It was nice to catch up. Yes, definitely. Always, we should do more often. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Are you, are you still doing your live shows, by the way, on Instagram? I haven't. Um, 
life got a little busy uh -huh. and I need to do that again. I want to keep talking to people about records. That was fun. Yeah, exactly. I was on one of those. So that oh. I wanted to yeah, you do it again because yeah. I got more I got more records now and you you were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This uh, this might be good motivation. You know how every once in a while you have those conversations. And yeah. You're like, I should do that again. Let's do it. So this is now this I need is, to think about this it. This is and, call it, it's yeah. me or God or the universe telling you you should do it again. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll see you later. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Bye, Josh. Have a good one. See you, dude. Bye. It could only be Jared. Yeah, so that was my buddy, Jared Martin Scott. You can find him online at Instagram.com forward slash Jared Scott. And he is a photographer, obviously. He makes really cool pictures. He makes people look really good on stage, even if the people are super, super boring, like when I was on stage. Um, he caught me doing some funny stuff and cool-looking things, at least on the at least on the picture. So I should get those from him. I am... Um, Jared, if you're listening, I, I need some of those pictures. I'm going to put them up in frames and show the kids just how cool I was. <laughs> Anyways, he's got a good eye for that kind of stuff. And as you can see, he's a hustler. He's got the hustle heart. And him and I, he and I, he and myself, if you want to get technically grammatical, it looks like we're going to be open, opening up a bunch of restaurants there in Chattanooga. We've got a lot of cool names, a lot of puns, which are always fun. Anyways, thank you so much, Jared, for being on the show with me. Thank you for being on the family cast, Food and Music is Life. Yes, yes indeed. Amigos y familia, I wanted to remind you once again, grumpychefshop.com, 15% off your order when you use code FAMCAST at checkout. You'll get all kinds of fun, cool things, uh, knives and all that kind of stuff. More on that to come. Always links in the show notes. There's always money in the banana stand. There's always money in the banana stand. And if you know what that is, then you're cool. Um, I got some, uh, I got some more shows to work on, so I'm going to sign off here pretty quick, but, um, yeah, I'm going to, I was going to end with a, a song. I'm not going to tell you who it's by. You, hopefully you know the, know the name of the person who sings this. I'll put it in the show notes. It's a, it's a song about Chattanooga. <laughs> I thought that was fun. I love Chattanooga. If I moved out of California, I might consider moving to Chattanooga, Tennessee. So anyways, thank you very much for listening. Once again, I'm Chef Josh. I'm going to go go cook something. I'm going to go cut some stuff with these knives. And uh, check, out, check out the show notes. I got all kinds of links in there. Follow us on Instagram.com forward slash The Family Cast. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, whatever, iHeartRadio, leave us a review, share the show with a friend. That's the best way to get the show out. Thank you very much. I appreciate everything you do. Be kind to one another. Protect the lives of endangered people, trans children, people of color in your communities. They all, Everyone needs help. And I'm not just singling those folks out. I think that everyone needs help, whether they know it or not. Reach out to somebody if you do. Reach out to me. We got DMs. We got phone numbers. You can leave the show a voicemail. I don't care how you do it. Just try to reach out, okay? All right, everybody. Be kind. Stay safe. Keep your nose clean. That's what my grandma used to tell me. Manténgase su nariz. Okay, everybody. I'll talk to you later. I'm out of here. Ciao, ciao. I was thumbing a ride one Saturday morning out of Nashville, toting my sack. I lent my car to a gal that lived in Chattanooga and she hadn't ever brought it back. She was drinking pretty heavy when I let her have it. I hope she knows it was only a loan. There ain't no telling what I might have told her back at the time that that old car was also my home. 
About five miles out, I was getting kind of tired, sweating hard, and feeling kind of weak. I woke up with no cigarettes or nothing to drink, and I hadn't had a bite to eat. My nerves were so quick I couldn't tell where I was shaking. Then a set of brakes sang my song. Some fella stuck his head out of '57 Chevy and hollered, "Hey man, come on!" I told them I was headed down to Chattanooga. They said, "Hop in, we're going there too." And the way they took off in a cloud of smoke, I still ain't believing it was true. They had the windows down, and I was sitting in the back with my tongue still hung in my throat. He was hitting just about a hundred and ten, and he said, "Man, what do you think of this boat?" Well, there was two semis struggling up ahead, one trying to pass the other. They had the whole road blocked, so he passed them on the right. And let me tell you something, brother. I was so nervous that my teeth was clicking. There wasn't no way my head could think. Then the one that was sitting on the passenger side turned and said, "Hey, man, you want something to drink?" I just shook my head 'cause I couldn't talk. He said, "Okay," and then he said, "Cheers." Them fools was drinking whiskey and wine and chasing it down with beer. Well, I started sweating that old sticky sweat, and I know I was white as a sheet. Then one turned the radio on wide open and said, "Hey, man, check that beat." By the time we reached the top of Mont Eagle, I thought I heard a rumbling sound, and then I saw a sign that said "Fallen Rock," and right there I was floorboard bound. I was rolling and squirming on the old floorboard, too weak to set or stand. And then the driver said, "We're doing 120. Look here, man, no hands." I got up enough nerve to raise up and look, and by now there couldn't be no surprise. But his hair was blowing all over my face and dandruff blowed in both eyes. He never did drive on the right or left. He just kept on riding that line. I rubbed my eyes and saw the prettiest thing, the Chattanooga city limits sign. He slowed down and I said, "Mr. Please, I'd like to get off right here." He said, "All right, on into town with us. We're gonna go down and pick up some more beer." I said, "Please, once more." And he stopped the car and then he handed me my sack. Said they'd look for me on the road later on in case I wanted to catch a ride back. I got out and sat down by the side of the road, feeling sick and looking mighty pale. I don't remember anything much after that, but next morning I woke up in jail. I didn't know anybody in my cell and didn't want to ask why I was there, but they all kept grinning and turning their heads, and it was more than my head could bear. So I called the jailer and asked him to tell me why I was there, if he'd be so kind. He said for stopping the traffic while I was hugging and kissing the Chattanooga city limits sign. Thanks for listening to the Family Cast.